You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors on the first day of a new trading week, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow with myself, Lindsay Williams, and the prodigal son. He hasn't spoken to me for a couple of years, and I don't know why, but he hasn't. But now he's come back to the fold. It's Greg Davies. Now, Greg, I don't know what you are at the moment, but I do know one thing, that you are part of a socioeconomic movement in South Africa. Number one, semigration. Number two, working from home. What are you at the moment, Greg? Yeah, recently moved a month ago to the Ferris Cape, um, settling in nicely. It's maybe not the best time to move because the weather's been a little bit of a challenge. And then working from home, but, you know, it's something when I was young I never even imagined I could do, but I've set myself up a lovely set of screens, uh, locked mm-hmm. the wife out the room. I've got a lot of real man cave in here. I've got lots of old Formula One cars. Uh, Max Verstappen signed love. I've got a picture of Sir Alex, which is signed. So I haven't feeling much at home. <laughs> okay, you painted the picture of your hobbies. But what about your title as a professional person in the financial services industry? Tell me what you're called now, so I know how to sign off at the end of this podcast. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Um, yeah, so still head of wealth at Kratos Capital. Um, the guys in Johannesburg continue. Most of their businesses is day trading. We have opened an asset management division. So all of those businesses going quite well, obviously trying to get the more Cape Town guys to, to come down there, but it basically doing more or less the same job, a little bit more difficult from the Cape because most of my clients um, are based in, in Johannesburg, but you're networking and, and, and setting up a couple of interesting meetings. A lot of people, one meets on social media, and I'm sure you have as well, mm-hmm. uh, never get to meet them because they're based down in the Cape. So we've got a couple of brunches coming up, and hopefully for the next pod or so, I've got some good ideas from, from on the ground here. Very good, but it must be quite a wrench. And again, I'm sticking to your personal situation before we get into the market. So a quiet market day because of the UK bank holiday. But you know, your personal situation, you're a Johannesburger. You're a local boy. Every single Friday, you used to go to Bellini's in Ilovo at 12 o'clock and you'd have a fillet steak. And it would always be the familiar thing. So it must have been quite a wrench for yourself, your wife, and also your two children, who have obviously stayed there. Well, Lindsay, you've got me tearing up a little bit here. There we go. Uh, I, really, I will really miss those Bellini's lunches. And, but... Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. I mean, a really great bunch of guys that were in the uh, the Joburg office, were well, are in the Joburg office at Kratos. Um, I've been in the market a long time, but smart guys to basically learn a little bit more each day. Um, a great sort of environment. Yeah, so it's an adjustment here. Um, we'll get we'll get used to it. But yeah, a different type of environment. My wife. Uh, works at one of the telecos companies, so she's settling in, in nicely in here. But yeah, it takes certainly a month or two to get your, your feet under the desk. Yeah, it really does. It takes a while. I mean, I did the big move, not semigration, but emigration from Cape Town to the Netherlands. It does take time. But Greg, I'm sure you're an adaptable person. And yes, and you have to adapt to a new type of markets as well. I mean, so many bridges and so much water under those bridges since we last spoke. And I just get the feeling the JSC... I don't know, it just does nothing. To me, it's it's not an, a non-entity, but it must be difficult for you to find, you, know, you look at companies like Advertech and Italtile coming out with results today, Murray and Roberts coming out with a trading statement, you think these are South African companies. In the old days, I could trade these short term and I could also invest in them long term. It just seems to me that they're not an irrelevance, as I've said before, but 
maybe just not quite as vital as they used to be? Well, yeah, that's a very good point, Lindsay, and that's definitely the case. You know, the mid to small caps used to be a place where one could you know, do your odd 10-bagger. Uh, you could sit down, analyze these companies, good management. You could sit down at shareholder meetings, ask questions, and get a very good picture of how this company's run, where its future is. But now the money's flowed all the way to the top 40. There's much less interest in the small to mid caps. I mean, speaking to a few guys clearer than me, we're explaining perhaps a, a situation like the PIC, which is the biggest investor in the JSC, have got, I think it's Regulation 28, which allows them to take more money offshore. Mm. So the, the universe of stocks which they hold in, in Johannesburg, the JSC will become smaller. The small to mid caps will be out of favor. The amounts of work which it takes in terms of an analyst to study all these companies is quite a lot more. Um, and so it's become a little bit specialized. Um, certainly some private clients looking at them. Some of the big banks, institutions who've got relationships with these small to mid cap listed companies still quite focused on them. And occasionally some special opportunities come through them. So definitely worth keeping, keeping an eye on. But markets changed a long way. Even since you and I last spoke, the volumes are, are really down in these small caps. And it's, it's sad to see. I, I think the thing with my turn it around was when we see a situation where interest rates start to come back down again, you know, probably next year. And I think that'll free up some capital, um, you know, a bit more speculation type of investors will come in and there could be certainly be some opportunities. Well, let's hope so, because, yeah, we saw a CPI figure, consumer price inflation figure, and a PPI figure coming out later this week in South Africa, which shows that the trend in down soon, interest rates should come down as well. But that also pales insignificance, relative insignificance, when you see something, when you woke up this morning, Greg, I know you go out, you're a gymmer, and you also do meditation, well, you used to do medication on your balcony. In, Not in this weather. <laughs> <laughs> you can meditate in the bedroom, Greg. But anyway, yeah. you read headlines about Jackson Hole, but the big headline this morning, I looked at this thing called Evergrande, which is a giant, giant property company in China, and it, its share price had fallen... 80%. And you think to yourself, goodness me, what does this mean for South Africa? And the market seemed to have shrugged it off because it was a really good day for the JSE. Yeah, a pretty good day. But I think sort of Chinese economic wobbles, we sort of started to pick up, you know, two weeks to 10 days ago. And, and that really hurts our platinum, palladium, gold counters, uh, all the sort of big industrial supplies, wood supplies to China all had quite heavy pullbacks. And perhaps, I mean, it's such an old cliche, but, you know, these things were all, you know, oversold, you know, to use an old term, the dead cat bounce, mm. it's fallen so hard, it's got to bounce. But, but as you were saying in the introduction, it's such a difficult market. There's not really a trend. We'll, we'll have a pretty good day today, up 1,100 odd points uh, on the Aussie future. But then you just don't, you, you, you think, well, I'll steam and you have it. It looks like a bit of buying's coming through. And then tomorrow, I mean, not to be pitiful, but it'll pull all the way back again. And then what do you tell your clients? What do you do with your investments? This just isn't a trend. I was looking at my trades, which have been good and bad at the last sort of two weeks on the weekend. Mm. You, it's got, got to the point where you have to take lots of small winners um, because there's no real follow through. Um, You've just got to jump on them. Even if today, two to three days later, and you expect more follow-through from the share, maybe Impala, Implats, any of those, you, 
you've just got to bank, bank profits as quickly as you can. Obviously, cut losses as quickly as you can, but that's the nature of the market right now. Are we being nostalgic by looking back and saying, oh, well, there used to be a trend and when there was a floor on Diagonal Street and there was an open outcry situation and someone would come to Greg Davies and said, go and buy me 100,000 Lorraine gold shares or something like that. Are we getting a little bit too nostalgic, as I said, about the lack of trend? So one day up, one day down because of computerized algorithms is that the case or am i being am i being old and stupid well i think a little bit of both because i mean thank you that's one (laughs) i mean old and stupid (laughs) no sorry that came out incorrectly no no Uh, i understand (laughs) go on we 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 are becoming becoming old grumpy old men um and so one is always nostalgic we always think things were better i remember when it was sort of first made an announcement that all the trading is going to go electronic. And at the time, I worked quite a small firm, two or three guys taking orders at the desk and then running down to me with bits of paper. But I always felt I was up against brokers that had seven or eight traders and I was the one. So then when they said, oh, we're going computer-based trading, and I thought, right, I can really take these guys on on equal terms. And over the years, the computer-based trading has become more and more sophisticated as you say, these algos are creating the trade. There, there are a couple of tricks to beating these algos, which Please I'll tell keep us. to myself at, <laughs> at this point. Ah. Um, but yeah, well... No, you don't have to, Greg. You're head of wealth at uh, Kratos Capital. I don't want Look, you to as I say, give it, away it, things. It's a trick. Mm. It's a trick. It, it may not suit everybody, so maybe it's it's you know not something to put out there, but... But it's made it extremely difficult. You know, if I get a reasonably sized order, even in a mid-cap share, I'll start, you know, I'll place bids. I'll start, you know, buying away where the offers are. And then suddenly, straight away, an algo, which is, you know, very sophisticated, uh, will, pick up, will pick up that I'm a buyer. And suddenly the sellers will disappear. And sometimes it's so quick, you'll see a bid for I'm just rounding up names of Anglo-American for a thousand shares at a hundred rand. By the time you've clicked the mouse, I don't know what happens, but that bid's gone. And you think, but what happened there? <laughs> okay, you've lost me already, but uh, that's why I'm not a broker and not a successful one like you. Let's have a look Sorry. at the JSC today. We've we've spoken generally about it was a really good day, but in quite thin conditions. We've had three companies that caught my eye. They're all South African. Well, Murray and Roberts. Maybe, well, it used to be uh, completely South African, but it fell to around about 12% today. It's only a tiny penny stock. But the other one's Advertech and Intel Tyler. These are the sort of shares that you look at. You can't punt them, obviously, because the float is so small, I would have thought. Yeah, just starting with the Marion Roberts, I mean, you know, back in its day, a titan, um, you know, I think when we were both working at, at Greenwich, uh, Early, late 99s, early 2000s, mm. you know, this year with 30, 40 rand a share. Um, but to, back to your point, it, these small caps, unless they've got really some absolutely stunning news, generally it, the majority of the market doesn't take it too seriously. You mentioned Advertech there, 217,000 shares, 4.5 million rand. Um, really? Share up, up 3%. So <clears throat> I suppose in... Seems like a lot of money to the layman, but in terms of investing, 
it's a pittance really. So one of your big clients, for example, they phone you up and they say, okay, what's happened today? And you'll say, well, on the Stock Exchange news service, Advertech have come out with numbers, so it's all tile. And he says, well, okay, that sounds good. You just say, no, don't bother because you, you could buy the company without investing in the shares. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to that point. I mean, I think it's pretty clear to everyone's listening. The, there's a trend that goes through the market over the years, and it, we're on the trend of, of delistings, um, you know, in time to tell, who knows, but, you know, that will then trade and, and new listings will, will come through. But um, difficult to say exactly how that will happen, but uh, let's remain optimistic. Yeah, let's do so. And let's be optimistic about the numbers on my board at the moment, because I'm going to start with the currencies, because the dollar end is 1860 on the nose, which has barely changed from Friday, I must say. British pound against the rand is 2341. The euro rand is 2010, euro dollar 108.05. And despite Jackson Hole, the dollar is relatively, in fact, almost exactly unchanged from Friday, despite Christine Lagarde having nice photographs of taken with a backdrop of beautiful mountains. British pound against the US dollar is 125.85. Also, just pound that's slightly weaker against the greenback. On to commodities, the gold price is 9 1821, which is up nearly $10 an ounce. The platinum price is up, that's nice, up nearly $47 an ounce or 5% to 976, but still mired below 1,000, obviously. And palladium is 1266, which is up nearly 3% or $36 on the day. Now, the big ones, the other commodity prices. West Texas crude. $80.15, up 0.4%. Brent crude, $84.83, also 0.4% higher. Natural gas, up nearly 4%. Big move there. What else have we got here? Uh, no big moves, really. Uh, the wheat price keeps on falling, despite the Ukraine situation, 1.2% weaker. Steel prices down a percent. And, yeah, not much else. All important capital markets, with inflation being the watchword after Jackson Hole, a US 10-year bond yield is, despite the fact it's... No, it's not a holiday. It's a holiday in the UK, excuse me. 4.21% for the US 10-year yield. And the South African 10-year doing well. Five basis points weaker to 10.16. And what else have we got? Uh, I, I feel sort of obliged to talk about Bitcoin. 26,130 flat on the day. S&P 500 futures, not bad. Had a good day on Friday. And... Currently 44.31 for the September futures, which is up 0.4%, but around about halving its gains so far. What other things did you see today, Greg, on quiet day? Any tidbits for me? Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is that, I mean, obviously one looks at the big moves in, in the top 40, and almost the sort of top moves up today could have been the top moves down last week. Yeah. A nice recovery in Polar Platts. You did speak about the Platts and Palladium price Suddenly catching catching a bit uh, today. I think perhaps there's worries about the Chinese economy seem to be slipping out of people's minds. Anglo-American up three and a half percent. Cecil up three point four seven percent. That has been hammered down the last two weeks or so post results. Uh, nice bounce from goldfields. That must be on on the gold prices you mentioned. They're up two point eight percent. Back to the palladium, a platinum theme, and plats are stronger. I mean, it, and plats closed at seven oh two. But it was literally about a four-day move from 800 down to 667. It was an incredible pullback. It's quite a volatile stock. Quite a few of my clients that like to short-term trade get involved in Amplats, but 
you've got to dance close to the door with that one. Yes, indeed. And let's talk about dancing close to doors because my top five on my screen, which isn't as sophisticated as you in your man cave with Sir Alex Ferguson and Max Verstappen. <laughs> By the way, in, in the Netherlands, they don't pronounce the N at the name on any names. Like I live near a town called Flissingen, as you would say, but they say yeah. Flissinger and they don't say Verstappen. They say Verstappen. That's just a little um, uh, nugget of information well, there for uh, you. But anyway, I appreciate that, Lins. Yeah, That's I'm a the pleasure. only one in Cape Town saying it correctly. Okay, right. <laughs> I digress. In your man cave, you've got fantastic screens, and I've just got one steam driven thing here. Implats up 5.2% nearly. Northams, another platinum PGM producer, mm. nearly 4% higher. Advertech up nearly three bytes, up two and two thirds. And Xaro up just over two and a half percent. On the downside, Adcock 4.6% in the red. Alpha Min down 3.6, Carew down three and a third, RCL 2.9% weaker, and Telcom down 1.1% to just below 28 Rand per share. Anyone's out, outside of those, Greg, you watch everything. I know you're a assiduous reader of prices. Any movements outside of those that you can tell us about? Yeah, yeah the one, I mean, it's it's not dramatic, but one, one share which kind of have a checkered history with is Capitec, slightly lower today. Mm. Uh, what do you yeah. mean? I lost a lot of money on it. Yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> both of us, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, 1,619 a share, but basically the only share in red. But just thinking as well, reading a little bit over the weekend as well, obviously they're learning to, you know, you know the, the middle class really, which I think has really been put under a lot of pressure in the last 12 months. Obviously, inflation, we've seen the infl- uh, employment figures come a bit lower. It is reporting uh, results, I think, late September. So that's one I, I would keep an eye on. The other big banks making quite a lot of provisions for bad debt. And I think mm-hmm. um, perhaps Capitec would have to do something along those lines. I think the the share prices you rattled off there were a mixture of of the smaller mid-caps. I was just giving the listeners the, the, the top 40, but generally most of us, 1% to 1.5%, 2% better in, in the top 40 space. Okay. Let me give you the indices that I've got, and you'll give me the all share and the top 40 plus the value traded. But resources up 3% on the noggin today. Industrial 25 index up 1.5%. Financial 15 index Nearly 1% higher, so that's pretty good stuff. So, Greg, you go for the all share and the top 40 and the value traded, as I said. All right, so the all share future it was up 1.8%, uh, 1,229 points in the spot, 1,243 points, about the same. Um, value, you know, it's one of those things that brokers have been bleating on for some time, obviously with the UK close, and it does sort of illustrate how much we rely on certainly the UK market um, for quite a bit of the volume which goes through the JSC. So just over over 12 billion rands with the shares trading, that came mostly after, the, yeah, mostly after the US Open, I think up to about half past two or four, five billion. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's an urban legend, but I was told some time back for every broker to make a reasonable break even, you need 20 billion rands worth of turnover. So you know, it's not sustainable for, for to carry on on like this. Um, hopefully people like me don't lose our jobs if it carries on like this. No, well, you've got a loyal and wealthy client base, Greg. I know that. But if somebody came to you and said, I've just left university, I've got a degree and whatever it is, I'd like to become a broker or go into financial services, what would your advice be? Because I just, 
I don't know. It, it seems to me that it's difficult to make a living with the type of volumes that you've just described. It's, it's so funny that you asked me that, Elizabeth. I got um, a phone call this afternoon from a youngster. Just funny enough, an engineering year, civil engineering degree. So you would think, you know, it should be easy to slot him. Always been fascinated by the markets. You know, always sending me questions and chatting on email, Twitter, and so on. And I, I just said to him, yeah, maybe it's not the best time to get involved in the markets. I mean, you and I have been in the markets in and out. And sometimes as a youngster, you come into the market at the most difficult times. And sometimes it's a lot easier. I remember when we worked at Greenwich together, we, we caught that NASDAQ bubble. Yeah. We thought... Or rather, it caught us, Greg. Yeah, we caught it by the tail and the turn around and bit it. Yeah. Oh, well, those were the days. But yeah, it just seems to me that if you've got a civil engineering degree, become a civil engineer. It seems logical to me. Greg Davies is the head of wealth at Kratos Capital in Johannesburg. Great to have you back, Greg. We've missed you. We'll speak very soon. We'll get a regular slot for you, but we love your insight. Often I speak to these people that are are super philosophical about markets and long-term and everything, but you also bring the long-term plus the short-term moves and the gossip. I love the gossip. As I say, Greg Davies, head of wealth, Kratos Capital. He's in Camps Bay. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.